Ivy Coaches presents. Hi, Ivy Coaches listeners. So this is the second episode of the conversation between Coach Pedari and Coach Michael Moore. Join us on the right. When you say values, there's nothing more important to live. And you started the podcast by saying people first. You use the fact yeah. to work with people in front of, forefront of anything. And I think that's yeah. where a lot of organizations and businesses fail or um, fail to deliver in the long term because mm -hmm. the human aspect or attention to people sure. first is not there. Now, has there ever been so far an experience in your life as a manager that you were not able to help someone, that you really, really tried to for reasons that, you know, yeah. Has there been any such situation that when you look back with your experience, you would say, you still say I could have done more or not? Um, whether I could have done more, uh, I don't know, but there is a, a, a situation, there is an experience that I can um, recall was that there was a player that I was working with at under 17s and um, under 18s, and this guy had serious potential absolutely serious potential to become maybe one of Ireland's best players at the time you know but his focus and his commitment was not what it needed to be and no matter how many times I spoke to him you know um, he just he would miss training or he even missed, missed the cup final he was after getting us into it and being one of the main players wow. and and I don't want to be going into his background, but there was other issues there and they were out of my control. But maybe I could have been more persistent and been kept at him every day, every day and, and got a little bit, not closer to him, but maybe that's all I could have done. But I do think I tried everything that I could. Um, but looking back, well, maybe I needed to be more like a father figure and just tell him, look, you need to come to training now and that's the end of it. I'll see you then. So maybe the role had to change to maybe a little bit more in like a parent because of background issues, you know, that's probably what he needed. So, um, and this guy, you know, I still speak to him, you know, but I've never, I haven't told him that. I've never told him that you could have been one of the best players in Ireland at the time because how heartbreaking would that be? I wouldn't I wouldn't tell him. You know, even though it would make probably make him feel good, but then after the the feeling of um having that feeling of feeling good, but then he's thinking, well now I'm nothing I'm not I'm not doing it. So I'd never tell him of how good he could have been because it's not fair. You know the reason I ask you this question is because yeah. The role of a coach is beyond yeah. imagination. And yeah. uh, unless you do the job and you're in that position, it's very difficult mm -hmm. to explain it because yeah. the thousands and thousands and millions and, uh, of kids come across different coaches. Yeah. And, and there's so much that happens between um, the, you know, the grassroots and until someone makes it that mm -hmm. requires such a big um, commitment, right? Commitment from both sides. Now, mm -hmm. How much of that is actually a manager's role? And the reason I ask the question is that we 
thinking about what we you know maybe crossed uh, as an experience in life we could have done more or less you know and thinking of the personal development of a coach and what they have to have in the luggage at certain levels and now as a head of an academy when you look at your coaches and you look at how you equip them you know what is the responsibility to start and end uh, because as a matter of fact it is a mutual relationship so yeah. where do we where do we say that's enough and maybe somewhere we have to say no 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 we, we can't let go we cannot give up but in a world where it's all surrounded by commercialism where mm. you have a time of delivery where you know there's so many in the queue that you need to pay attention to and where failure is not accepted to reach excellence mm. over and over again and if somebody does not wake up as we sometimes yeah. call it and and you know, you know respond how what is the responsibility of the coach is there even a limit or is it yeah is it a well, for me for me there is a limit you know and and where does it start and where does it finish so it starts that if a player He, an athlete, he need, needs there to be helped and for support. So if there's an issue, you ask him, do you need help? If he says yes, well, then it starts. So then there's then there's a continuous um, framework to, to help him. Now, if he isn't getting any better and whatever the, the, the situation is, well, then how does it finish? You may have to ask him, and may you may discuss well why isn't it working, and you may come to the reason why it's not working. Then you ask the question: Do you want more help? Because if it's external and it's outside your your project, you then have to ask: Well, do you want us to help you more? If he says yes, the help continues. But if he says no, then the responsibility finishes, and it's back to just communication. Do you want help? Yes, and then it's not getting any better and we identify that it's now something outside it it's his social media or it's his family life or it's alcohol or something the first thing you need to ask without doing anything do you want us to help you we want to help you and he'll either say yes or no and if he says no or well then it's cut but then you may have to analyze that so it can't be just a coach you're bringing in other people then if the the answer is no and we all know he needs help then there's other people responsibilities that have to come in you know so you have to be just I, I think where does it stop you have to know if the person wants help first if you don't want help well then it's a bigger problem you know um, yeah. and then there's so many it depends on the circumstances you know basically so it's a good question you know that could be a podcast alone you know? I think so yeah I think we'll, uh, we'll have we'll to invite you back and completely. talk about only yeah. Yeah. that question yeah. itself and elaborate um, yeah. yeah yeah and again uh, there's so many elements as you mentioned there's so many critical elements that are needed um, to, to bring a, a, a not only an individual but a full team to yeah, well, I think I think I think a focus is a is very critical, and there's a big difference between focus and commitment. You know, because we've committed to our project, now we have to be focused in order to achieve it. And what what I always strive for is is that I want my staff and my players to be on autopilot. They're now 
on autopilot and they're reactive and they're proactive without me instructing it, you know. So they're in first, second, third gear, you know, and they're in a situation, if it's a player, if you give an example, um, the focus that I would ask for a player, and I get this by talking to him, I want him to be on the pitch, fully engaged in what's ahead of him. So he's not hearing anyone around him, but he can hear the coach's voice. So he's trained to hear one voice and and carry on. And you want your players to be released from all irrelevant distractions on the pitch. You know, but if they, if they get distracted, well, then there's distraction control methods that we need to get refocused. But for the moment, I want the players to be on autopilot and release on the pitch and just hone in on the priorities of what they've been asked to do. And and I think so, Hal, if you can get a synchronized focus connection, so if you can get your whole team in that zone, well, then you're on to a very good thing. And you look at Atletico Madrid, how they defend. They're focused. They're connected. They're synchronized. It's not just, <clears throat> excuse me, it's not just one, two players doing a good defensive job. It's the whole team that's Diego Simone has got synchronized focus connection. And that isn't just from nothing. He's worked on that. Because concentration is the biggest biggest thing when you're defending because you're not on the ball. So you have to concentrate on what's happening around you. So focus connection, you know, is so important for me. You know, when I'm working with players, they need to be focused on their job. Um, and there's no doubt. Uh, I think yeah. the moment you lose focus is where um, yeah. the results go down and performance uh, takes a dip. And performance sometimes goes down when elements within our life do not work out for us and we bring that on the pitch or on the, in the training. Um, mm. And with that, I'm going into another direction with the um, mental coaching. So mm. one, one area which uh, a lot of uh, top athletes have the pleasure or the, or the luxury of using our mental coaches. Now, mm-hmm. do you think there is a need for understanding mental coaching or coaching uh, um, the human being inside the athlete and not only the athlete yeah. in the world of, of, of football in this case, um, yes. in academies and clubs? And there's a taboo or there's still a very, very low awareness in terms of what that can do for an athlete or for a child. Um, can you tell us what you think about it? If you have a Yeah, I certainly believe that there is, um, it needs to be in the game, you know, and um, mental readiness, you know, as a coach and or if you have a specialist in the group that can speak to the players on this, that really special, <clears throat> mental readiness. You have to be, you have as a coach, have to help your players or your athletes follow a path that brings out the best in them. But how do they get that? That's where we need to help them. They help in their own mind, but we need, you need to identify that path that brings the best out in an individual. And they bring it. So there is a role for um, sports psychology in football, you know. Health, mental health, and well-being as well. You know, 
it's not all about performance, mental performance, and um, to achieve, but in order to, to build the person, you know. So I definitely believe, yeah, mental readiness. We need we need specialists to work on confidence. Like confidence is not just about me and you going out for, for a drink and we're in a pair of white jeans and sunglasses and we're looking great and you know and it, it's not about that. There's more to confidence, you know. So if I was to ask you what what is confidence in in an athlete or, or a person, well say in a, in the context of you have a bunch of players, what confidence would you want them to have? Yeah, I would say um, literally to be very, very fine with what where they are at the moment. Mm. For me, confidence is that you are feeling great about yourself um, in, yeah. in, in, in really with simplicity. That you can be the best mm. player in the world uh, and you can have the best car in the world and the best account. Mm. But um, being in harmony and in balance with what you are doing every day um, without feeling, yeah, because confidence can be um, something that can also um, be fed from outside and Correct, yeah. to, to cover the inside, as you just said, right? It just covers up whatever is missing inside. Maybe a broken relationship, maybe a, um, something that you haven't dealt with, and maybe with something mm-hmm. that you haven't um, fixed and you're moving mm-hmm. forward without fixing your internal emotions yeah. and internal damage. And mm-hmm. you want to show the world everything is fine so that you have a very high confidence level. Uh, but then it shows in the game. I think yeah. whether you like it or not, it's going to play out on the pitch, yeah. <laughs> on the uh, week in, week out. Yeah, and for me, when I, when I ask, I don't say to the players, but when I'm speaking to my staff that we want confidence, I want us to build the confidence of all the players. <clears throat> so the two... Two words that I use in these meetings is the confidence that I want to build is belief and trust. Not who has the best hairstyle, who's the nicest sunglasses and who's looking sharp and who's not. It's belief and trust. So I tell my coaches, we have to show belief in individuals, show belief in team, in the team and the group and get them to trust each other. Confidence and trusting each other and then confidence in trusting you. So now when it comes to big decisions <clears throat> um, on the training ground or during a match or at a critical moment, the choices that are being made by management, players and the group are confident and trust and believe. And there, that's the triangle, confidence, trust and belief. And, and how, do you, how do you get that? Um, an example would be is, um, I asked the players to recall a success and a feeling that this team has given you, and therefore they're recalling it in their mind. And now, now you're building belief because they're looking at each other during them visualizations, and they're starting to believe in each other. He won't let you down. Nobody's ever let anyone down in this team. So you're 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 speaking, and it comes back to again the communication. But now we're using visualization to get confidence of trust and belief. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, sometimes, yeah. sometimes I ask the players to write down um, what the word confidence means. Get them to define the word confidence, trust, and belief. You know, because 
people's people's um, definition of the word competence, they may have a different understanding to what I want, what you want, and what the team wants. You know, you hit the nail on its head with uh, when you said the confidence with the team, towards the team, and also uh, to receive that that respect and trust. Um, I think one of the most important things in a group. Uh, there's a lot of important things for a group to come together, but one thing which will definitely identify a successful group is somewhat what you would explain, and it's the vulnerability. It's the is the is the invited the safe environment that a group can provide to its members to be at their best or at their worst at times without getting judged, without getting Correct. singled out, without getting isolated, without getting pointed finger at. So definitely, when you build that. You know, the trust level is high, confidence was high with that, and then you get the results you want. So I think that that's a great insight in terms of um, what really, really can build and get um, uh, towards a, a, a solid confidence uh, within an organization. Now, it's just trust and belief. Trust and belief, yeah. And you know what? Trust and belief, you know, really, really two strong words I would like to remember from this podcast. Uh, trust mm -hmm. and belief. You know, believe in yourself, believe in others. Uh, and also it, yeah. trust, you know. And you know, there's a book called The Speed of Trust and it's by Kobe. And I think trust is in itself a step which takes a long time to build and <coughs> a very short time to lose because... You can, oh, big time! Yeah, you know, yeah, and, yeah. And, and and that's what you see. Some some teams break up, and you know, things start to happen when the leader and, and the members lose trust. Simply, mm -hmm. uh, and belief goes hand in hand with that. Now, tough one. Now, okay, we're almost there. Yeah. I got two more three questions, and one of them is a bit uh, gonna put you on the spot in terms of the word failure. And I personally love the word failure because I've, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm continuous failing daily on many things and I learn a couple of things and move on. But I think failing for me, myself, has always been, uh, in my brought up, was a negative mm -hmm. thing. And only in yeah. a later stage of my life, I understood that that's the best thing that can happen to a, to a person, fail. So mm -hmm. tell us about one of your biggest failures as a coach or as okay. a professional uh, member of this mm. of the, you know sports world and what was the outcome what was the what was you what did you come get out of it so that's yeah that's really what i want to know but we still want to work what okay. you feel that <laughs> okay so if i can just sort of speak about the word failure first yeah. you know yeah. um for you you said failure was a bad thing you when know I grew up, yes. when you were grown for me I use failure means if I'm failing at something, it means I'm competing at something that I want. So it's a positive for me because I'm competing. If I was not failing in what I wanted, it means I'm not in the environment. I'm not, I'm not in the network of where I want to be. So if I'm failing and I'm getting a pushback, but it means I'm in, I'm being recognized. I'm, I'm in the network of competing, you know. So I use it as a positive. And so how that failure means that I'm competing to get something that I want. So so then if you don't get it, well then how do you manage that feeling? That that's the key thing. Yeah. 
you know, you either. But what I do is I accept the feeling of, of not getting what I want. And some people will get angry when they don't get what they want. Some people will get sad. Some people won't care. So what do I get? Well, I get I would get a little bit sad, but then I get more determined. And then I start identifying, well, why did I fail? Was it me or was it other people? Did the people get in my way on purpose to stop it? Or was it a fair um, failure on, on just merit? It just, I wasn't supposed to get it. So I'll analyze failure, you know, um, and what big failure moments that, that jump out for me in my career. Um, maybe in certain um, circles of opportunity that I didn't go for it as much as I should. You know, maybe I was too humble and not selling myself in a situation where I should have. So I've learned from that failure, you know. So and um, so that that would be for me uh, a failure that can happen regular. That how do you put yourself across to certain opportunities, you know? Um, so that would be for me it's another great question, and it could be another podcast that we have to do. <laughs> <laughs> it, we is, is discuss failure, you yeah. know, because. Uh, People's perspective of an understanding of failure is completely different, you know. And that, for me, is um, maybe failing to to not sell myself. That, that's the that's not what I'm saying. Is that I'm very humble, uh, and you know, from being in this this profession game, sometimes that goes out the window, and and some people just do a little bit extra, but. That has to be you. That's not me. You know, that's not yeah. my personality. So then is it a failure? You know, are you changing your personality to be someone else? You know, I'm happy who I am. Yeah. So I'm not going to do what he does to be him. You know, because that person's failure will come at a later stage. Yeah. Perfectly uh, makes sense. You know, we talked about purpose. We talked about values. We talked about, yeah. um, you know, uh, philosophy, right? Um, yeah. And also the fact that um, one person's failure doesn't have to necessarily be another person's, you know, uh, of course, yeah, of yeah. failure. However, I love the way you you put it, and and this t- tells me a lot about how branding one's one, oneself is important, right? And yeah, how yeah. We, we perhaps in a, in the younger ages we don't get that a lot, and uh, you know, and recognition, self recognition. I think. The best recognition in life is self-love. Uh, that's yeah. one thing we don't, perhaps, from, you know, uh, up to the later stage, we understand that you know, we don't want to be selfish. But I think self-interest and selfishness is two different things. And self-interest mm. is very important in life. Yeah, so, of course. And knowing you uh, in this period of time, yes, humble, I think, is one word which you will find in the dictionaries when you look for Michael Moore. That's for sure. Mm. Um, mm. But knowledge and, and expertise is, is another one. Now... Last question before we let you go, and uh, for this time, uh, I would say, what would um, what would Michael Moore, if you were in my shoes, right? If you were just right now in my shoes, what would you ask Michael Moore that I didn't? One question that you did, I didn't ask you, that you would ask me. Um, pretty good question. <laughs> mm. Um, 
I'd ask, what is the driving force behind you as a person? I'd want to know that. I'd want. So if I'm doing this, you're on a podcast of mine, the question I'll be asking you and you, I'm asking myself now is, what is the driving force, the real driving force behind you as a person? And to me, the answer to myself, simple. It's family. And it's the easy one that I wouldn't go to. But every decision I make nearly is about my family. Will my decisions better my family? That's what it's about. That's as simple as that. Now, that's not decisions in in the in the in the in the dressing room or the change room. I'm talking about big, big this or just life outside the dressing room. So the question is, what is the driving force? Is is the love of my family and being there and supporting them and 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 basically being around them, you know, being there for them when they want want to speak to me because I've had opportunities where I could have managing, you know, at very good sort of levels, but the commitment levels, one level was you'd be out of the country for 240 days a year. I wasn't doing that. Other people done it and their life is different now. They, they don't know their, their family. So the driving force behind me, so the question I've asked myself, what is it? What drives you? What is the core of you and its family? That's it. That's what I get paid to do, is to mind my family. You know, now I don't get paid to coach. I'm getting paid that I can get money to offer and support my family. That's that's the overarching element of Michael Moore. If I was listening to you right now, I'm looking for someone to run my business, I would probably want to have Michael Warren beside my, um, as, as, a, as a great, powerful force. Thanks, Michael, for sharing that. I think that family stands uh, you know, above everything. And I think throughout the podcast, what we heard and you know, we talked about is people, people first, people mm. first. And once you put that in the forefront of your attention, I think everything else uh, you know, somehow falls into place with the right mm -hmm. expertise and experience. But I can say that this, uh, you know, uh, this is enough. We're gonna probably have to come back and discuss other, um, you know, topics that popped up during this podcast in details in the next couple of weeks and months. And for sure, I really, yeah. really um, want to thank you for for your for your knowledge, experience shared here. Now, if the viewers and listeners want, to, you know, connect with you, uh, how do they do that? So, how do people get in touch with you if they want to further? Okay, uh, people and um, they can connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, just search Michael Moore and it should come up um, and also on Instagram and um, Twitter and it's Michael 10 more so okay. and, Michael, and yeah. big, Michael 10 more uh, on Twitter and Instagram and I'm, I'm happy enough to to help people if I can I can you know um, it's good to help people you know it gives you a good feeling when you're helping and they help you you know so um, yeah, I'm open for people to connect because um, connection is good. And, and can I just say it's an honor um, being asked and invited to do this um, podcast with yourself. Um, and you've become a good friend for meeting you um, in Riyadh and when we had um, a good day of football. And um, I'm looking forward to um, having more conversations on and off the podcast, you know. So um, 
and, and your knowledge and your experience, you know, I, I'm learning off that and that's given me drive and energy. And that's why another podcast is people being around energy. You need to be around energy. You know. Taking note of that, and I'll promise yeah. you, I will deliver because I've taken three yeah. notes yeah. now, and those are going to be yeah. three topics. Yeah. Um, very, I'm mean, grateful to to hear these words, and uh, likewise, I have the same respect for you. And I also want to say to the listeners and viewers that uh, if you want to know how uh, Michael Moore can score a header, uh, you just have to go and find the goal Kanija scored on Walter Zenga. Um, yes, I was yes, in the yes. goal, and uh, obviously that's how we became even stronger friends. When 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 you yeah. went up for the header, and I completely missed it, and <laughs> that was a beautiful uh, goal yeah. scored for your academy versus ours. So, um, Michael, um, like to thank you again. Uh, this is Coach Fedari in partnership with IP Coaches, uh, bringing you this podcast with the one and only uh, Coach Michael Moore. Um, have a fantastic uh, day in Dublin, and I really, really look forward to connecting with you soon again. Thank you. Thank you very much. Have a good day.